BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, Tony Hernandez here with the Immigrant Archive Project podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into my decades-old archive to bring you the voices behind some of our most fascinating conversations. In this episode, you'll meet Susie Castillo, a Maryland native who was just the third Latina to ever win the Miss USA pageant. This talented actress, model, author, and TV personality is the daughter of Dominican and Puerto Rican parents who split up when she was just six years old. Her mother stepped in and played the role of both mother and father to her two young girls, instilling in them a sense of confidence and cultural pride that Susie credits with much of her success. This interview was recorded back in June of 2012 at the Sunset Marquee Hotel in West Hollywood. For years, the hotel was my home away from home, a quiet, comfortable sanctuary, far from the craziness of Sunset Boulevard, yet only about a block away. It proved to be the ideal setting for many of our celebrity interviews. It's a comfortable space where no one bothers them and they're free to relax and be themselves. It's where I interviewed Jenny Rivera at 11 p.m. one night, just a couple of months before her life was cut short in a tragic plane crash. I'll circle back to Jenny's interview in a future episode. Susie was taller and prettier than I had expected. She was unassuming and disarming in her floral dress and pixie cut. While I was familiar with her work on MTV's TRL, I wasn't quite prepared to be totally disarmed by her charming presence. Two minutes with Susie, and you can see why the Miss USA judges handed her the crown. I wanted to know all about her story, and so as I often do, I began by asking her about life in her childhood home. Well, my childhood in in Massachusetts was very unique, Um, and I say that because a lot of my cousins who are also Puerto Rican and Dominican uh, of Hispanic background um, that grew up around me were very, very Americanized. But for my mother, it was very, my parents divorced when I was six years old. And so I always say I'm 90% Puerto Rican, 10% Dominican, because I grew up with the Puerto Rican culture very much, you know, intertwined in my life. And during the school year, I would be in Massachusetts with all my American friends and, you know, playing in, in, in the yard with them and on the street. And then as soon as school was over, my mother, I mean, when I was seven years old, would put me on a plane sometimes by myself or with my older sister, who was not much older. She was just, I was seven, she was nine, and put us on a plane, would strap us in, because back then you could do that. And she would send me to Puerto Rico for the entire summer. So it was a very unique upbringing because I had 
I had the ability to really know my culture and get to know where, you know, my mom grew up and her 19 other siblings, you know, because it was I come from a very big family and this is just on my mother's side. So it was it was quite the unique upbringing and and I love that I have that experience in my life and Spanish was my first language. I learned English in school. I was in bilingual classes till I was in 4th grade. So it was it was really cool. I love it. I love that I have that background. It was important for her to pass that along to to her children, no? Why? You know, passing passing along the the Puerto Rican culture was important to my mother because she said it was who we were. That's deep down, even though we were born and raised in America, she's like, you guys are Puerto Rican. So you have to learn the language and you have to know about the culture and, and where we grew up, you know, and it was just, it was something that was always so important to her. And that's why it's like, it didn't even matter. And, and as a child, I remember not even crying when she would put me on the plane by myself to send me off to Puerto Rico. She just, she did it. And it was, I had such fantastic fond memories of my summers in Puerto Rico and playing in the same streets where my mom used to play, you know, hopscotch and things like that with her sisters and her friends. And it's a gift. That was such a gift that my mom gave me. And I'll never forget when I was about, I was a teenager, you know, and as most teenagers do, we, we bust our parents' chops, right? And I was telling my mom, who still to this day, I still only speak Spanish with her and her English is very bad. And I feel like it's a sacrifice that she made because she always said, I would say to her, I'm like, mommy, you know, we live, we live in America. I said, English is, is the common language. I'm like, you need to learn how to speak English better. And she'd be like, pues tú eres puertorriqueña y tú tienes que hablar español bien. So aquí en la casa se habla español y solamente español. And that's what she would say to me. I'm like, oh my God, I can't win with this woman. So fine, Spanish it is. But I'm so grateful because now I can speak both languages. And I have cousins who, you know, my, my aunts and uncles were just trying to get the other, I guess the other, kids at school or whatever, get them to, to fit in, right? So they never taught them Spanish. They never taught them about the culture, except rice and beans and pork chops, fried pork chops. And that was it. And now those cousins who can't speak a lick of Spanish are, you know, they're very regretful. And they get angry at my aunts and uncles for not teaching them the language. Wow. Sounds like you and I grew up in the same household. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the exact same was, was, was true for us. Uh, seems to me like your, your, your mom's been a very important figure in your life. Yes. T talk to me about that. Yeah. I mean, my mom, she's an incredible woman. I mean, she, you know, my, my father, unfortunately, uh, you know, just left a, a letter on the kitchen table and left us. You know, he left my mom with three young daughters. I was six. My older sister was eight. My little sister was six months old. And there my mom was from one day to the next, a single mother. My grandmother had to move in to help her raise us. My mom had to get a second job. You know, she would have two jobs during the week and then on the weekends have another job. So really there, there was a time where she had three jobs to put food on the table. And, you know, it was very difficult. And for her, you know, for us, she never let on that, maybe we were going through a difficult time financially, you know? I mean, there was always abundance, you know, in our home. And as a child, I never, I, I never experienced anything other than that, you know, an abundance of love, an abundance of support, very strict. My mother was very strict, but she had to be, you know, she was, in, she was a single mother and, and raising three young girls. You know, she was trying to protect us 
And even though at the time I didn't know, she always said to me, when you're older, you're going to understand exactly what I'm talking about and why I'm doing the things that I do. And, you know, I was, I, it was something that I was like, ah, mom. But now oh, I write her in a, she gets Mother's Day cards and Father's Day cards and gifts from me and from my two sisters as well, because that's who she was. And she deserves that and so much more. She was our mom and she was our dad. Do you remember if there ever was a time when it, it hit you and you mm. realized what she had done? You realized her sacrifice? Was there sort of an, a, an epiphany where it crystallized? Um, I guess if I had to choose a moment, I would say a very significant moment where I really, really, truly realized how wonderful my mother was. Um, was when I won Miss USA because I don't want to start to cry. Um, I realized that um, I became the woman that I was and had become only the third Latina to win Miss USA because of my mother, because of the way she raised me and because of the what she taught me about loyalty and about family and about being who you want to be truly, not because not trying to fit in, you know, and, and trying to fit a mold, but just being the greatest version of yourself that you could be. And by me doing that, which she taught me to do, I accomplished something that when I was a child, I never, I mean, you know, as a, as a Latina, you grew up watching um, Miss Universo and the Miss, all the pageants. So that's like our royalty, right? And as a kid, you're like, wow. And you look at these beautiful women, Miss Venezuela with her beautiful long mane, you know, and they're the ones that usually win Miss Universo. And when I won Miss USA, you know, they put us in alphabetical order every time we do anything. And Miss Venezuela was right behind me. And I remember turning around and looking at her and being like, this, this is an amazing thing for me to be here right now. And the only reason I'm here is because of my mother and what she taught me. Because I won that pageant not because I had long flowing hair. Everybody had long flowing hair. Everybody had a beautiful gown on. All of these girls were models, and you know they all were, were they were all worthy of this crown. And I truly believe that what set me apart from everyone else was my culture, my culture, and what my mom taught me. And being Puerto Rican and what she learned from her mother, and and she she passed on those things to me, and that's why I won that pageant. Plain and simple. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Was there a conversation that you recall with your mom after having been crowned? Oh, man. After I was crowned Miss USA, my mother, when I saw her face, she was like a ghost. She wasn't crying, but she was so pale. And she was, I, you know, I sensed fear, like she was scared or something. I, maybe it was just pure shock. Um, she couldn't, you know, she couldn't believe it. She could and she couldn't, you know, because that's how I felt the whole time too. You know, it's like, of course I can accomplish. I can, I always knew that I could accomplish anything that I set a goal for, you know, but 
when I would reach it, there was there's there's a moment that you're always in shock. It's like, oh my God, okay, this is what I wanted and I accomplished it and it's here. And you're like, oh my God. Um, but my mother was speechless. I remember I was like, mommy, how do you feel? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> she was just so shocked. But, um, you know, I, one of the moments I think my mom didn't have to have a specific conversation with me when I was about to embark, you know, on, on that challenge of, of becoming Miss USA, because we have had so many moments growing up. Um, one that sticks out in my mind vividly is I was seven years old and I used to be fascinated by the garbage truck. It sounds so weird, but I was. I loved when we lived in in the ghetto of this town, Methuen, Massachusetts. It was the War Street, Tenney Street in Methuen, Massachusetts. And people always think of Methuen and they're like, oh, it's so like just blue collar, nice, wholesome town. I'm like, yeah, but have you gone to Tenney Street? That's where I grew up, you know? And it was just, you know, a low-income neighborhood. And I lived on the third floor of uh, this apartment building. And we had a, there was a dumpster, like, in front of our building. I mean, that's, it's not, a, it wasn't a very good, you know, very pretty place to, to grow up. But there was, a, there was this dumpster. And every time the garbage man would come, you know, the arms would lower. And I loved how he pushed all the buttons. And I was so fascinated. And so when I would hear the beeping, the beep, beep, beep of the garbage truck, reversing, I would run to the living room, jump on the back of the couch and just like sit there and look outside and be mesmerized. And my mom was cooking in the kitchen. And after I watched the the garbage truck roll away, I ran to the kitchen and I said, mommy, when I grew up, I want to be the garbage truck driver. That's what I want to do. And she was like, Mija, when you grow up, in Spanish, of course, when you grow up, you could be whatever you want, whatever you want to do. And they were such simple words, but they were so powerful because I, I believed my mother. You know, I'm like, this is my mom. You know, I believe what she's saying. And she, mommy said I can be anything I want. And so no wonder when I was, you know, 14, I wanted to become a prof- professional model. I went, I looked up, I went to Boston. I remember 14 years old and I got a Boston phone book and I looked under modeling agencies and I found myself an agency at 14 years old because my mom didn't know where to start with that kind of thing, you know? I found myself a modeling agency and no wonder when I, you know, later on when I decided to enter my first pageant, I entered and I won my first pageant, you know, and then I became Miss USA and all these things. Thank God I didn't become a garbage truck driver. (laughs) I'm glad that the aspirations changed as I got older, but, um, but that was my mom in a nutshell. I mean, can you imagine if your daughter tells you that she wants to become a garbage truck driver? Most parents would be like, hmm. How about a doctor? How about a lawyer? How about something, you know, how about the president of the United States, you know? And my mom was like, see me, huh? Lo que tú quieras hacer. I was like, awesome, you know? It's just beautiful. Que lindo. Mm. Que lindo. You've obviously done a great job of picking moms. I did, didn't I? Thank God I did. You really did. I love love how she transitions into, and then I became Miss USA. I love that. It's like, what, you know? Well, you know, when I decided to become Miss USA, I, it was something, I studied it. I studied it like I was taking a test. You know, I, I, when I set a goal, I accomplished that goal. And there's no doubt in my mind that I can't accomplish that goal. And that all goes back to that garbage truck story with my mom. You know, that's why, that's what gave me the confidence that I have in life is my mom always supporting me and telling me, you could achieve anything you want to achieve. 
And I'll never forget, I was in San Antonio, Texas, and it was like week one of the Miss USA pageant. This was in 2003. And I, you know, I talked to my family every day on the phone and my sister, my older sister, um, Maricel, she was on the, I was on the phone with her and she says, so who do you think you've been there for a week? Like you scoped out the competition. Like, who do you think is going to win? Who do you think? I was like, girl, I'm like, I'm going to win. Who do I want my first runner up to be? I don't know. Maybe Miss Georgia, maybe, maybe South Carolina. She's pretty. I'm like, but I'm going to win this thing. This is why I'm here. I'm like, I'm not here to be the first runner up or the second runner up, you know? So you went in with that mindset from day one. Oh yeah. You have to. There was no doubt. Yeah. No, there was no doubt. I would look around and be like, yep, you are all beautiful, but I am so sorry. This is for me to win. <laughs> and that's so important in, in, in anything that's competitive. Seguro. So, so important. Yeah. Just a brief aside, I, I, I had a, a friend of mine years ago who since since passed, mm. who interestingly enough was Mr. USA, a oh. bodybuilder. Okay. And I asked him what it felt like to win the title. Yeah. You know, just... It's got to be amazing to stand up there and and and, and receive the title. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I had been through it in my mind mm. hundreds of times since I was a little boy. Yeah, that it wasn't that big of a deal. I'd done it in my mind a wow. million times already. Yeah. yeah, yeah, sort of the same thing. Yeah, it is the same thing. And I tell people often when people say, ask me the question, were you surprised? You know, that moment, that moment where they call out, you know, Massachusetts is Miss USA 2003. Were you shocked? And I said, no. I wasn't, and it felt like deja vu for me because I would lay in bed and visualize what it would feel like to stand there on the stage and have, you know, the red lights of the cameras, like looking at those things, looking at the audience, the audience cheering, you know, what that moment would feel like, the weight of the crown being placed on my head. I used to visualize and I used to dream about that moment. And when it happened, it felt like deja vu. It felt like I had been through that moment already. It's very, and that's why one of the things that I that I talk about in my book, Confidence is Queen, the advice that I give to kids is when you set a goal and you know what it is that you want to accomplish, dream about it. Lay in bed for five minutes every morning before you get out of bed and just dream about yourself in that moment. Write down your goals and read, read them. Do something every day that's gonna help you get a little step closer to your goal. And when you get there, it's gonna feel like you've already been there because that's the energy that you've been putting out for so much time. And it works. It's the law of the universe. It works. You you visualized yourself uh, uh, winning the pageant. Mm-hmm. Looking back, did you ever imagine how many young Latinas you would motivate and inspire by having accomplished that? You know, it's funny because I always... I wanted to, I wanted to become Miss USA, but then there was always just a little tiny hint that you're like, okay, I'm going to do my best, but I understand, you know, this may, it may not happen. You know, I know I want to win. I know I can do it. One of us has to win. Um, but there was just that little in, tiny little voice in your head that says, oh, maybe not, you know? And I had no idea that when I did finally accomplish that, when I won, it would, it would just open the door for so many Latinas to enter the pageant. I mean, the next year in Massachusetts alone, there were more Latinas that entered the Miss Massachusetts USA and Miss Massachusetts Teen USA pageant. Um, I still to this day get, whether it's Facebook messages or Twitter messages from Latinas all over, 
who say, you know, I never thought that a Latina could win. So I never, I never entered myself, even though it was something that I always wanted to do. I just, it was always the, you know, blue eyed, blonde haired girls that would win. And it was never Latinas, but you winning gives me hope, you know, and it shows me that it can be done. And I was like, ah, oh, to me, that just, that's amazing. That's more than I ever bargained for, for sure. But what an honor to, to be able to inspire young Latinas to follow their hearts, whether it's pageantry or not. Sure. Well, I mean, I would imagine for every young Latina who saw what you accomplished and was willing to go out and enter a pageant, there have to be tens of thousands of others who simply see themselves as the cool kid now. You know, it doesn't have to be, yeah. you know, sort of certainly what I grew up around, which is, you know, the blonde haired, blue eyed, all American girl yeah. being the cute one and, you know, dark eyes and dark hair. And, uh, that's no longer the case, right? So I imagine you've 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 touched so many young girls, much in the same way your mother managed to touch you. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You've done so much. I mean, in your in your relatively short time on the planet, I mean, you've uh, you know film and TV and you know uh, prestigious uh, pageants. What would you say you're the proudest of? I guess the, what I'm what I'm most proud of, even though I've only been in the entertainment industry for you know ten years, um, I guess what I'm most proud of is that I'm the same human being today that I was before I won Miss USA. Even you know before I worked at MTV, before anything, before the films, before the TV shows. Um, I'm the same person, you know, and um, I'm so glad I never lost touch, although my mom would never allow (laughs) allow that to happen. (laughs) She was always such a pillar of strength that just kept everybody grounded, you know, but she's um, she's a fantastic human being and, and being a good person is always first and foremost in my life, no matter where I am. And, uh, you know, that was something, of course, that I learned from my mom. Um, but that's that's what I'm most proud of, is that I can still, you know, I go back home and I still talk to my, you know, high school friends and my childhood friends and my cousins. And it's, I'm the same Susie. Same Susie, but with, you know, different haircut. They see me on TV now, but I'm still the same human being. And in this town where so many people, you hear of so many stories of people uh, being one way and then they come here and the industry or the fame or the money changes them. Um, I've never understood why that is because if you trace back your steps, it's who you were before that, that helped you accomplish this greatness and and helped you get to where you are in life. Why would you want to change that? Why would you throw it away to do something else, to be another way? It doesn't make sense to me. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
I can only imagine that going through a divorce, mm-hmm. being the child of divorced parents or separated parents at six years old, mm-hmm. has to be a very hard experience. Yeah. If you could speak to a child going through that now, what would you say? <sighs> if you could speak to the six-year-old version of you, yeah. who I'm sure had her insecurities and in her that I'm sure every child goes through, what would you say to her? I would say that everything's going to be okay and that it's not your fault, whatever happened. I grew up always feeling that if I was a better child, my father would come back into our lives. And that wasn't the case, no matter how difficult and how hard I worked at becoming a better Susie. Um, my father never came back. And it wasn't, it's funny because, you know, now I'm in my early 30s and, and it wasn't until a few years ago that I realized that I've always been a perfectionist and I never knew where that came from. And I started tracing back my steps, you know, and, and going back to my childhood. And I realized that it was because of that. I became a perfectionist when my father left. And I don't know what it is about children that, you know, you think that you can fix it and you have no idea what's going on. I didn't know what my dad, you know, why that happened. And um, all I knew is that I wanted my dad back. And I thought, well, if, I, if I'm a good athlete and he sees how good of an athlete I am, if I'm a good student and he sees that I get straight A's, he's going to want to be a part of that. He's going to be a part of my life. And that never happened. And it was very difficult because it was like breaking up with somebody that you love so dearly over and over and over again because I would accomplish something fantastic and be like, Dad, look at this. And I thought that was going to be the moment that he would come back. And of course it wasn't. And I had so many of those moments throughout my life and, um, and he never came back. And so what I would tell my six-year-old self is that there's no way you can understand what's happening in the lives of adults, especially your parents in a situation like that. And so just be happy and do what you wanna do. And if you're gonna work hard at something, work hard because you wanna do that. And you know, in your heart, you feel like this is something that you want to do. You know, don't do it for anybody else except for you. And and be a kid and have fun with your friends. And, you know, I of course I did all those things, but I still, you know, I feel like a big part of me did it to get my dad back. And um and I tell you, I mean it's 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 served me because I've been able to accomplish so much. So I don't regret going through what I went through. Um, You know, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. Um, And I've accomplished so much. And I'm sure a lot of that had to do, you know, because I was this perfectionist in training from the moment I was six years old. Um, But at the same time, it's um, emotionally and mentally, it was so hard on me as a kid. Um, And so that's what I would tell myself is just to chill out and have fun and be a kid and not think of those things because I can't, it, it just, it wasn't my fault. It's even, it's hard to even describe and put into words because as an adult, obviously I know that it's never a kid's fault why parents get divorced. But when you're a kid, you just want to fix it. You know, all you want is your mom or dad back. And, uh, 
And, and it was difficult. It was difficult to live with that as a child. Was there ever a point as you were coming up, was there ever a point where you felt perhaps some pressure to succeed mm -hmm. in order to pay your mom back for all her hard work? Was there ever a moment where you said, you know, I need to make something of myself in order to sort of validate my mother's hard work? Can you speak to me about that? Sure. Um, you know, I, I think that the whole reason that I've chosen a career path, the career path that I have was because I wanted to repay my mother. I mean, from day one, I remember thinking when I was a kid, like, well, how can I make a lot of money so that I can retire mom like as soon as I possibly can in her life, you know? Um, she's worked really, really hard in her life. And my ultimate dream, my biggest dream is to buy my mom a small home with her own little land so she can retire and just get her nails done every day. I don't know, whatever she wants to do. She likes to garden. She can have her garden or whatever. She just deserves that. And that's that's my dream. You know, I've accomplished personally the things that I've wanted to do, work in this fantastic industry, you know, and I'm able to do that. And, and my dream now, the goal is to to do that for my mother, to take care of her, you know, the way she took care of me and my sisters. Our gratitude goes out to Susie Castillo for sharing her beautiful life story with us and for always representing our community with such dignity and grace. Susie's story is as much a testament to her enormous talent and resilience as it is an homage to all the hardworking single mothers out there who against the odds managed to raise beautiful families with strong, caring, empathetic children. To learn more about Susie Castillo's philosophy on the power of positive thinking, check out her book, Confidence is Queen, available on Amazon, or follow her on Instagram at Susie Castillo. The Immigrant Archive Project is edited and co-produced by Edie Gonzalez, our director of photography is Daniel Godoy. For more stories, please visit us online at immigrantarchiveproject.org. I'm Tony Hernandez. Thanks for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.